0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or SleepNumber.com. Good movement, and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a Movement by Laura podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today's podcast is about the hip joint. This is for all the movement lovers out there and certainly the movement Educators, so physical therapists, personal trainers, yoga teachers, and yogis who are just practicing. We need to start changing the language around movement and what we're, what kind of the goal is of movement. And this is a bigger mission of mine. And today I just want to narrow it down to specifically talk about the hip. Um, the hip is a joint, it's the largest joint in the body, and it's really the center of the body. So when you're standing in a bipedal way, which is on two feet, the way that we spend our lives, maybe not as much as we used to, but we certainly are supposed to be standing a lot or moving a lot on our feet and supposed to just sitting all the time. But when you're standing on two feet, you're taking energy through the legs and it really is taken up into the hip and then spread from there into your core, your trunk, and all the way up. And then it, then there's just an exchange back and forth. So just kind of imagine almost like a trampoline, like that energy goes down and then it's returned. And so the hip is this, what I call the grand central station of energy exchange. And so when the hip is not, functioning as well as it should, or if it's quote unquote tight or stuff like that, we know there's limitations there, not only in the feeling of the return of energy, but also in the way we um, move optimally. So this could be a a big podcast, but I'm going to make it shorter and give you little bites of information that you can immediately put into your daily life and practice. The first thing I want to talk about in terms of language um, shifting is about stretching. So a lot of people talk about hip stretching and hip opening. And I just want you to picture the hip joint. It's where the femur, the long bone of the thigh, comes up and has a rounded head to it, the femoral head. And that is being um, kind of put up in a socket that. Encapsulates it, has a, you know, so it has a, a large surround to it. So it's not a narrow socket, it's quite deep. So just think about that. What about that would we want really open, right? It's more, um, I mean, this is getting really specific. And because I, I know that's not what people mean when they say hip openers, they're talking about stretching the tissue around the hip. But I think we have to start thinking like, is that even a good like analogy anyway, or um, verbiage to use for opening the hip. How about just keeping the hip robustly mobile in the joint, which is called articular range of motion, in such a way that all the tissues around it are pliable and receptive. And what that means is that they're ready for, they're ready for whatever's coming their way. So what happens when you've been stuck in one position for years or something that's a position of a joint. And that's different than the joint moving in in a the position of a joint is kind of where it's starting or where it's kind of living the most amount of time. So if you're living in a position in the hip where that ball, the head of the femur is not centered most of the time or even some of the time, um, there can be accommodations with the tissue around that. So in other words, one side will get a little bit tighter. One side will be just more, uh, I don't want to say looser, but it will just have more of a um, stretch to it. And so that's not necessarily a good thing, right? Because when you have imbalance around it, but, but just imagine there's not going to be this, what I would call readiness and adaptability when all sides of that joint are not centered or are not in their kind of op- optimal starting position. So what I would like you to do right now, if you can, or do it later whenever you are able to, is lie on your back with your feet on the floor, your knees are bent, And then just take your second and third finger on each hand and bring it in the crease of the hip joint, where the thigh meets the pelvis. So the pelvis is not the hip joint; it is the skeletal structure that is part of that forms the hip joint. Remember, a joint is where two bones come together and implies movement is happening. So where the femoral head comes up into the Acetabulum of the pelvis, that's the hip joint. So what you're doing is kind of putting your fingers in the front part of that. And bring your right knee up over your right hip. So the right foot will come off the floor and feel what's happening in the, the hip joint there. And can you feel that the tissue, is, that there's a deepening in that crease of where your second and third finger are. And if you don't feel that, Start over, bring the foot down, try more leveling in the pelvis. So maybe lightly bring the tail, curl the tailbone upwards, not to flatten your lumbar spine, but to get your sacrum down and then lift the foot again and see if that changes anything. And if not, start to coax your fingers in there to guide the the joint where you want it to go. And you, there's that's all you have to think about is like, I just want to put, push down deeper into that hip crease because that's starting hip flexion. So hip flexion is fundamental for good hip extension. So I start with hip flexion first because this is where people have issues. And a lot of it comes from where they are living most of their time in joint, in the joint position. The hip um, is not in kind of neutral position. Position. It's really because the pelvis is not neutral. So that affects the hip joint. All right. So you can start there. And then after you do that on both sides, come up to a standing position and recreate the idea of like the sacrum being more level. So that this is not tipped at all, either forward or back. And then pick one knee up like a high marching and see what happens in that hip crease. Is do you feel like the motion that? is picking up the leg is happening closer to the body where your fingers are, or is it happening more in the middle of the the thigh or toward the knee? And we learn to compensate in different ways. And so sometimes we'll really pick up the leg from the mid part as opposed to what's called the proximal part, the closer part. And we want to work more from the hip joint. So you want to go into these ranges with a clarity of what is happening. So in mobilizing, mobilizing the joint, mobilizing the joints, you can do that. And then you can start to make that um, and kind of doing it in all the directions of the joints. The joint, the hip joint has flexion where you pick like what, when you're standing, that marching and then hip extension, when you're in a low lunge, which I do in every class and really it's more of a 90, almost a 90, 90 lunge. And that's going to open up your hip, quote unquote, make it more flexible, quote unquote, much more than sinking into these kind of anjaneyasana that we see a lot in yoga magazines, where you're actually pushing the femoral head forward. So it's coming out of that more centrated position. And then all that's doing is pressing into our um, articular structures like your capsule, your labrum and things like that. And that is not, you can feel something, like those feel like they're stretching, but that's not what you want to be. What you want to be mobilizing, instead of what I would say stretching, is the stuff around it. And that's going to be so much more affected by moving in the joint and over time freeing up any restrictions of the tissues around the joint. I hope this all makes sense but this is part of the languaging. Going into a long static stretch when your joint is not in the most optimal position is not going to create the most optimal movement. That's just that is just simple. <laughs> it isn't you, you know this isn't like oh this could be dangerous. It's just not going to be as effective. And you know it's like life. Don't we want to be we have want to have the most impact as possible. And this is all about like this could go off in a lot of diff- different directions as I often do, but it really is fundamentally how you move says a lot about how you operate in your life. And I, my, I strive to be really present and clear in my movement and free in my movement so I can feel that in my life. I also want to be really efficient, more bang for my buck. I feel like in my classes an hour, hour, 15 minute class, even 30 minutes. I get so much done because I know what I want to get done. I want to mobilize the joints in all the ways they can do. And I want to do that with an active and integrated core. And I want to move in a variety of ways. And then adding on different aspects of movement um, that are more complex and interesting and joyful. So try those things. Let's just start first with hip flexion and then understanding how to open up more around the front where hip hip flexion comes from. Where those fingers are is where people complain of pain, tightness, and all that stuff the most. And I have seen it in my years of teaching and laboratory work at my studio and traveling. If you back out of some of these big stretches for the hip and focus on the starting position of it and the mobility of it with a neutral pelvis and a really active core, you will change the tissue around it. And that will feel like you're more flexible. What you really are, are you're, you're more free. So flexibility is not a bad word. It's just unfortunately way overemphasized. And what we want is a very adaptable body, an adaptable machinery. Being too flexible is is as far from being adaptable as you can possibly imagine. So work on getting adaptable, getting the joint mo- motion really um, uh, you know, moving in all the directions, but they, they're not excessive. Remember, it has a deep connection in the socket. It has some surrounding uh Inherent structural stability there that is there because we're walking and exchanging energy. We we don't want it to be too loosey goosey. You know when you see people on the runway and they're walking and strutting and they're kind of like sassy hips is what it is, and that's great. That's a runway look and it's so fun. But that's not how you want to walk in life because that is like you're just kind of slinking around in um, your joints. So. I hope you can feel the difference. Please do me a favor and email me, podcast at com and let me know if this simple, you know, two to three step thing that I just went through with you feels any different for you. And if you, uh, my challenge is for all of us as movement educators to start and continue. A lot of people are doing this, P.S. I mean, a ton. And there's a lot out there that I am, um, Really a- a- admiring their work, but uh, we need to shout it from the rooftops for everyone to realize that we want strong and mobile hips. But they—they they don't. We don't have to st- stay in these kind of like flexibility aspirations mindset and languaging. So let's language it so that we're going for for strength and supple and adaptability. So. Send me an email. Let me know how it feels. Share this with others. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review, and then take a screenshot and send it to podcast at com, and we will send you a, a link for a free class. Check out my classes on my lit daily classes, which are my studio classes. This is how I teach every day, and it is really different it's a method it's almost your own little prescription the best kind of prescription because it's holistic it's a prescription for daily life feeling freaking awesome and so today's lit class will be with hydrate your hip and if you're listening after the fact just know that my classes are up for 36 hours there's always a period where there's two classes up where there's a little overlap and One class will go up and it'll be on for the next until the next um, day at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, wherever you are in the world, you're going to have an opportunity to practice my daily class that day. Um, We have live classes that are in my studio, and these are all directed from a physical therapy lens. And physical therapy is about making you feel. lively, sustainable, and strong in your body for many, many years to come. And that's the whole point of redefining yoga that I'm really ambitiously um, working on and and seeing the incredible results from is that we need to redefine what yoga is. It's, It's beautiful in its essence, which is about raising consciousness, but we have to watch our languaging And this is also with physical therapists. I see a lot of people as a physical therapist who come in and have been told something by another physical therapist that is about stretching. And it's very kind of... It's very, it's just, it's just like one dimensional and we need to have full four or five, six, seven, eight dimensions of our movement and, and our thinking. So physical therapists, personal trainers, yoga teachers, yoga practitioners, let's start changing our language. Let's do it by redefining yoga and moving really well in this modern day life. And so I hope you'll join me on the mat and let me know how you like to move better and how you're feeling better with better movement patterns. Have a wonderful day, move well, and I'm sending out huge hugs and love.